What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and here with me on the other end of the line, as he is each and every week, is my co-host Curtis. And as promised earlier in the week, today we are talking all things recruiting. It's been a while since we focused in on the recruiting front, but there have been a number of developments, some positive, some not so positive, if you've been following the Owen Popo saga here over the past couple of weeks. Uh, so, you know, been, but it, regardless, good or bad, there's been a number of developments on that front over the past few weeks. Of course, highlighted by... Owen Popo's decision to commit to Auburn over Georgia on Tuesday. So we figured today would probably be the perfect time to revisit the 2019 recruiting scene and get into some of that conversation. But before we get into all that, I do want to remind everyone that you can follow us on Twitter at Glory underscore about what's going on in Georgia athletics. Uh, Also want to make sure you guys know where to find the show. Uh, DogSportsRadio.com will be the first place to look part of the larger V-Sport O internet radio network. You can download the Dog Sports Radio app straight to your smartphone, make it a little easier for you. If you prefer SoundCloud or iTunes, some of the bigger ones out there, you can find us there. And you can also find us on the Stitcher and TuneIn apps as well. If you get a chance, we would greatly appreciate if you would just take a little bit of time out of your day to rate and review the show, give us some feedback that would definitely help us as we continue to try to grow the show and take it to maybe bigger and better things. We'll see what's on on tap here in the future. Uh, but anyway, with that out of the way, Kurt, let's go ahead and get into all this recruiting talk. We've got quite a bit to talk about today. Uh, now, of course, we're going to start with this. The big and most recent news is Owen Popo's commitment to Auburn. That was on Tuesday night. Uh, his recruitment went back and forth earlier in his high school career. But honestly, like in, in his freshman sophomore year, we weren't seemingly that much of a factor in his recruitment. We weren't really didn't seem to be that big of a player. Even though this is a guy, I mean, this is a guy has been on the recruiting scene since essentially the eighth grade, uh, Grayson High School. Uh, but all that started to change when Kirby came on board, and he and Glenn Schumann were really able to kind of turn things in our favor, especially with the season we had last year, and Roquan Smith becoming the what I think was the best player in America, and him getting uh, drafted in the top 10 at the linebacker position that Owen Popo plays. But after the new year, Auburn, um, they really started to make to gain some traction. They made a push, and things have kind of gone back and forth since that point. You know, at one point you hear Auburn's leading, one point you hear no, it's going back to Georgia, then back and forth, back and forth. But his commitment was uh, made public on Tuesday night. He ends up selecting Auburn. A bunch of Grayson kids uh, were uh, were together there and making their public commitments. They don't did not all go to the same school, but they were all there making their commitments. But Kurt, here's what I'm going to start with on this. Honestly, and maybe I'm crazy, but honestly, I'm not freaking out right now about Owen Popo, Owen Popo committing to Auburn. I'm really not. I'm not freaking out at all. Am I crazy? Like, should I be freaking out about this? Is there something wrong with me? Oh, not at all. I mean, the one thing, you know, we people try to say that we have we just have grace, and that's why we're saying we're not freaking out. But I think the reality of the fact is, you see all all his athletic ability, how he puts up these crazy numbers at like the Nike. Yeah, he ran a four four seven forty at the uh, at the Nike opening regional in Atlanta. Which yeah, is crazy. things like that. And you know, honestly, you know, um, I'm from Gwinnett County, and I live very near Grace High School, and I've seen you know a good handful of games since he's been in high school. And the one thing I have to say is you see, you see and hear all about his athletic ability, but to me, his, his on field product has never matched up with what you hear about his athletic ability. I 100% agree with you. You and I are both um, from around that area, generally speaking, and we've had a chance to watch him in person multiple times in games, watch him on TV a couple of times. I've seen him at camps. I've seen this guy a lot in person. Uh, so I've had a, a fair amount of, of time to really kind of evaluate the kind of player he is. And let me first say this. Make no mistake about it. This guy is an elite athlete. There is zero doubt about that. He is 100% the elite of the elite in terms of athleticism. Very similar measurables to Roquan coming out of high school in terms of his uh, height and weight. Uh, uh, 
Owen's about, what, six foot and a half, maybe, maybe six one. I don't think he's quite six one if you look at him in person. Uh, he's about 205, 210 in that range. Never really been a really big guy. He's a true sideline to sideline type linebacker. But uh, I'm with you, man. Like, right now, is this guy ready to play in the middle in the SEC? No, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, the biggest thing he was sold on with Auburn was that, oh, that he could come in and play as a freshman. Look at Roquan, the guy, like you said, you know, was one of the top defense def, uh, defense players in the nation, goes top 10. He, I think he maybe saw a handful of snaps at the end of the season. He did not his play freshman year? Yeah. snaps at all his freshman year. And, that, yeah. and that's just the reality of it. I mean, but you're, you're realistically going to have to say Propose got to put on 30 pounds right now to be ready to go. Roquan essentially came in the same way, around 205, 210 in that range, and he leaves Georgia like 236. Okay, so he put on a good 25, close to maybe 30 pounds, depending on exactly what he came in coming out of high school. So I'm not saying Popo can't add weight throughout his college career. He will. I'm sure he will. But to expect him to add 25 pounds of good weight his freshman year, is that realistic at this point? Um, no. I, I just don't think it is. I mean, you just don't see that kind of transformation not happen. They, well, not when they've had that, been at that weight almost their entire His entire career. career. It's like he's gone like up and down. Like, he's Since like essentially like his ninth grade year, he's been about the same size. He really has. Uh, and his, it's not like he has a huge frame either. Like, I'm not sure he has a ton of the frame to really add a ton of weight on. I mean, he'll probably get up to 225, 230 in that range. And if he maintains his speed, he'll still be a really good player. But, like, being an immediate impact, like every down type inside linebacker is a true freshman, I don't see that out of him. I, he's insanely athletic. I'm not saying he's not. Like, his ceiling is uh, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's no doubt. But uh, he's undersized right now. He needs to add weight, which he can do, but it's just not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen all in one year. I mean, really think about it. Roquan, you're right. He didn't play that much as a freshman. Uh, and I'm using Roquan as an example because that's, who the guy, that's the guy that most people compare him to, right? Similar measurables coming out of high school, you know, uh, similar ceilings, that kind of thing. Speeds are game, silent, sideline type guys, all that. Uh, but like right now, he's just not ready to play uh, in the SEC. He can get to that point, but he's just not. He's not a plug and play guy. His freshman year, there'll be there'll be packages you can use him in, especially on third down, because he excels in space. There's no doubt about it. But like, he's just not. A, he cannot play inside right now. Um, and here's the other thing for me. Uh, talking about Owen Popo, like again, not doubting this guy's talent. He's a really good player. But I, I really like the young talent we have at inside linebacker right now. So for me, it kind of cushioned the loss. Like, I'm not happy about losing Popo. I would, have, of course, love to have had him rather than lose him, at least at this stage. We don't still a lot of time left. But I, I, I'm, I'm kind of okay with this. I, I, I've been on the record saying, and you guys, if you listen to the show, you've heard me say this multiple times. I think Channing Tindall and Quay Walker are the future of our inside linebacking core. Are you with yeah, me? Are you I, high I enough really on those guys? I, I, I think you're 100. percent That's the thing. I mean, like I said, Auburn was selling him on the early playing time, and I realistically, he'd be lucky to be the third, you know, the first guy off the bench realistically coming in next year. I don't necessarily. I, I don't disagree with that because I right now, like, in terms of body type, like Quay Walker and Chain Tindall, right now are more ready to play coming out of high school than and, than and, Ob- and, Now Ob- got another year away, but still. Like even then, if he comes in, he's going to be realistically not the guy for at least a minimum of two years. Because like I, like you and I both are agree. I mean, Tindall, Tindall is you know that's the position that he'd be trying to play more likely. And Tindall's totally. a little bit bigger, and you know he's just as quick for his size and can do everything that we asked him to do. Of and he's definitely not going to start over Quay Walker. I just think Quay Walker's a future superstar. I really do. I think he's going to be a monster. I think they in that both I really do. I think both those guys. I mean, I I think they're the future of the position. And I'm not saying Monty Rice is a scrub. Are, those guys are really, really are a you know walking 
They fit the, the prototype of what Kirby Smart wants yeah, an inside exactly. linebacker. They're, they're the prototypical of what he's had at Bama. They're bigger right. and they're faster, but they're still fast. Right. I'm not saying we wouldn't take it, but of course, I mean, Popo is a major target. It is still a major target for us. I'd, be, I'd love to be able to flip. I'd, yeah, I'd like want the, the guy in the second of the day. Recruiting him. They've said that. Right. But I just like, I, I honestly think for Kirby Smart's defense, and, and you can adjust your defense based on the talent you have on hand, but look at go back to his years at Alabama and look who he had traditionally guys like Reuben Foster. Uh, yeah, Mosley, McLean, all those guys. They were they were bigger guys that could also run. To me, that's what Quay Walker knew. He's a bigger guy that can run. Tyndall saying they bigger guy that can run. Owen Popo can run faster than all those guys. There's zero doubt there. But he doesn't have the size right now. He can like he can get there. I'm not saying he can't. He could he could certainly be a Roquan Smith type talent. Um, but I'm okay with the guys that we have. Actually, I'm I'm really confident in the guys that we have. Would it be great to have more depth? Absolutely, of course. I, I think as simple as this, that both of you and I kind of have the same idea that you know it's it's it sucks that we didn't get him, but he's not a make or break guy for this right. class. I, I 100% agree. That's exactly. Yeah, we've talked about this multiple times. Like even before he made his commit, we've been talking about this for a month plus. Like if we don't get him, like I, I would. You're, you're right. It would suck. I'd rather have him than not have him, but. Like, I'm not going to cry a river over it. I don't think this, he's a make or break guy. I, I don't. He's not one of those guys that you have to get. Because of what I we have already. If, if he was at a position of need, like a D tackle or something like that, I would probably be a whole lot more. If this was an in state defensive tackle that was top 10 in the country and we lost him, I would be freaking out. Because we those guys are way more rare than the inside linebackers like Owen Popo. And, and we have a desperate need for and we have a, like an said, absolute desperate need. Right now at the inside. Yeah. And, and think about this, we've already got two guys committed at the inside linebacker position right now in this class. Yeah, you've already got JT Bertrand, you've already got Tresman Marshall. And then we'll get to Tresman Marshall in a minute because he did commit to us this past week. I'm really high on Tresman Marshall. Now, he's not like an Owen Popo-level athlete, but in terms of playing the position, he's more college-ready right now playing that position. Playing what we I need think, as, as from the inside linebacker. I think he has a body and skill set yeah. very similar to Quay Walker. More so than Owen Popo, yeah. There's zero doubt there. I mean, I 100% agree. So, like, yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I know you're saying, oh, you're just saying, if, if, if he committed George, you'd be pumping this guy. But I'm not trying to, like, downplay the guy. I'm just trying to be honest in my assessment. I and mean, I've said this, if you listen to the show, I've said this about Owen Popo for a year plus now. I think you guys are insanely athletic and talented, but I just, I have doubts about his ability to like truly play a true inside linebacker position. Um, and, cause I, and also, like we also have guys, like I mentioned, that I think can play that position and play it at a very, very high level, which for me at least mitigates losing Popo. And, and one more thing to mention here before we move on. Um, I, I know some of you will, again, like I said a second ago, take this to sour grapes. But if you've heard me talk about Popo before, I've been saying this for a while, he's one of the guys that does measure off the charts. And you can easily see the type of athlete he is. He is. He's, he's an insane athlete. He's right now, I think for this year, he's isn't he, he, he's put together the highest spark rating so far in this cycle? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I think he just narrowly edged out uh, one of our commits, Nolan Smith, who's an outside linebacker. Uh, I think he gives him put up a four four seven forty, like a forty five inch power ball throw, which is crazy at that size. He's, he, uh, Popo's an explosive athlete. That's a bottom line. But saying all that, and it's kind of going back to what you said. Like, you and I have seen this guy play in person a lot. And I think you were kind of touching on this. Yes, when you watch him play, you see the athleticism. It screams at you. No doubt about it. But game in and game out, and tell me if you disagree with me, Kurt. I, I don't think he dominates at the high school level, game in and game out, playing and play out. Like a guy that, that has his level of ability, he doesn't dominate to that level on a consistent basis. Is that fair? 
Yeah, I mean, like I said, I've never seen him take over a game like you see a lot of these these, these highly rated five-star prospects do. Like, people have to game plan for them. And I've never seen him just take over and make all the plays. I agree. Another maybe guy... Maybe that's because he, he plays on a more talented team with Grayson. Sure. But even then, I mean, I just, you that's know, true. I really haven't. I, I agree. It kind of reminds me, and I know this, you're going to say, well, you're just making this comparison to another Grayson player. It is another Grayson player, but there's another guy that you and I got to watch a lot in person up close. It's Robert Kimdichie. And we all know Robert Kandichi was a freak of nature coming out of high school, a mega recruit just like Owen Popo coming out of Grayson High School. But Kimdichi, while he flashed it at times, when, when Kimdichi was motivated and wanted to take over, he absolutely could, could wreck a game plan. But game in and game out, it was not happening. There were plenty of games where Kimdichi just flat out disappeared, and he was 100% without a doubt, no contest. Every time he took the field, the best player, not even close, on the field, right? Like, not even close. Like, no no high school lineman should have ever been able to block Robert Kimdichie, like, ever. Not one time. But far no, too no, often, Kimdichie he was taken out of games. He's a pros, and right. he has zero sacks. And, so the, and now, Kimdichie had his moments in college where he was dominant and really good, but he also had moments in college where he was, like, he disappeared, right? Kind of what that you saw what in high school. was that his, his drive. Right, it was his drive. I, mean, like, I don't want to say he was a head case, but, like, football wasn't as important. I mean, he's one of those guys who's always, like, you know, he'd always been told from a very young age— that he was really, really super talented, and everyone was all fawning all over him. About, and, I mean, this is a guy that was kind of like Owen Popo, like on the recruiting scene, on the recruiting scene heavily since like eighth and ninth grade. So you hear about yourself and how great you are all the time. You get this high sense of entitlement, and so you don't. And it's just everything's so natural to you because you're so physically gifted that you don't have to work as hard as someone else who might not be blessed with those physical gifts naturally. So you, there's times where you just take plays off and you don't dominate like you should, and then you get to the college level. And you don't break those habits. Now, Kim Dietschy had times in college where he flat-out dominated. There were plenty of games like he did that in moments, but wasn't consistent. And you and I saw that in high school all the time, his entire high school career. Uh, and I, I'm not saying Owen Popo is Kim Dietschy. From all accounts, Owen Popo is a really good kid. I, I don't, I'm not saying anything negative about it. I'm just saying I there are similarities in terms of him and Kim Dietschy both being guys that should never, ever, ever be blocked almost. Like, they're just too good to ever be taken out of any game in high school. And they just, they, it's almost like sometimes you watch and you're like, wait, did Owen Popo play? Wait, did Robert Kandichi play? Did they do anything in that game? There are too many games like that. Uh, now, again, saying all that, saying all that, he is super talented. And his ceiling is off the charts. There's no doubt about it. But I, I will also, one more thing I'll say here. In high school, I also don't see Owen Popo do a lot of the things that we require. Kind of go back to what we are talking about with Kirby style inside linebackers. I don't see him doing a lot of things that we require our inside linebackers to do in Kirby Smart's scheme, in Mel Tucker's scheme. Uh, right now, and maybe it's just because this is what Grayson needs him to do, Owen Popo, Owen Popo plays a ton in space. Like He excels out there in space. That is his game, man. That almost is his like home. It's almost like, yeah, it's like a Jack kind of like, almost like he plays star, it seems like, sometimes. Like that kind of role. He rushes the passer off the edge. I mean, he plays a ton on the edge. Now, he does play inside at times in certain situations against certain teams when they, you know, based, depending on what game plan the team they have against that team, what that team likes to run offensively. But I will say, like, and maybe it's because he hasn't had a ton of opportunities to do it. I'm not saying he can't do it. I just haven't seen him do it consistently because he doesn't play there that much. Like, truly inside, I haven't really seen from him the ability to consistently excel between the tackles, right? And that's what we're going to ask our inside linebackers to do. Uh, yeah, uh, yes, we ask our inside linebackers to go sideline to sideline. But you've also got to be able to play between the tackles. And I'm not, again, not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying I don't see him do it consistently because he's out doing other things. He's playing in space. He's rushing the passer off the edge. So I, I, as talented as he is, like, is he like a, a guy that's going to translate perfectly to what we do? I think there's still some question there. Uh, now, Roquan ended up fitting in what we do, but he had to add weight, right? 
Yeah. He had to add weight to kind of fit into what we do, and then we kind of tailor some of the things around his skill set. I think you could do that with a guy like Owen Popo, but it's, it's like like it took Roquan. Like Roquan, it took him to his senior or his junior year to become Roquan Smith. Like his sophomore year, he started and played well, and he played well. But was he like the junior version of Roquan? No, no he wasn't. So I mean, it might take Popo. I mean, it's reasonable expecting to take him that much time. But I, I think what you said earlier is right. Like Auburn. Auburn sold him, right? They sold him on being a three-and-out player because basically their, their three starting linebackers are all going to be seniors, going to be graduating, he's, and he's going to come in and have a, a, a fresh uh, group of guys to compete against. No one's going to be a, a returning starter. This doesn't seem like, like that. Uh, yeah, K.J. Brew came in as a good linebacker, but, I mean, there's plenty of spots for him to play there, and he'll probably play outside linebackers. I mean, because Auburn essentially plays a 4-3, more, more, more or less play a lot of even fronts. He'll play outside linebacker, which is kind of a willed backer, which is what he does in high school. That's kind of where he fits more. He's not a true 3-4 inside linebacker, although you can kind of I – mean, we play plenty even fronts too, so it's not like it's crazy out there. Um, but I think you got to factor that in as well. So, I mean, yeah, they sold him. Hey, you're going to come play right away. I think he looked at our depth chart and said, hey, look, you got Quay Walker. Hey, you got Channing Tindall. Hey, you got Monty Rice. And Nate McBride, can't forget about him, although we'll see what happens with Nate. But he's on the roster. He was a big-time recruit. Of course, Auburn's going to point that out. And you've got JT Bertrand. You've got Tresman Marshall already committed. So I think the path to playing time, as good as he is, was a little more daunting here than at Auburn. And I I have to think that's something that factored heavily into his decision. Uh, But again, of course, saying all that, I would love to have him. I think you're with me, right? You'd love to have him. But, yeah, I mean, I would rather, I'd rather have him than not have him. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but anyway, like this is his decision, right? It's not his decision. I don't think this is the best one for him, but it was his to make. Outside of the playing time thing, what do you think swung him to Auburn? I really think the playing time had the biggest thing to do with it because, I mean, especially a kid of his caliber who has been um, getting offers since he was, you know, since his freshman year football, like while he, when he made varsity as a freshman, that, that's just who he's been. He's always been the top guy, and a guy like that doesn't want to go to a school and and not have the chance to start right away. Yes, I mean, and he's the kind of guy, like you're right, when he hears all the, the, the hype around him, like he's, he wants to be a three-and-out guy, right? Go make your money. And if he sees a closer path to doing that at Auburn, then, I mean, I think that's something that could be very appealing to him and his family, too. So, I mean, I don't know his family at all, but I imagine that could be something that's very appealing to them. Um, but, you know, it's, it's his decision. I'll say this, man. Like, I, I – I, and you have to think that we told him this. I don't know, but I don't know if you know this. Like, Gus Melzon, as a head coach, as a head coach, not offense coordinator, as a head coach, he has never had a recruit that he has recruited as a head coach be drafted in the first round. Did you know that? He has never had one be drafted in the first round as a head coach. Now, maybe Oba Pose will be the first one. But if he is the if he does get drafted in the first round, if he ends up going to Auburn, he will be the first one. Where we've had, I mean, we just had a guy go in the top 10, not just the first round, the top 10 at his position. And Kirby, look at the track record Kirby Smart has had of putting linebackers in the league in the first round. I, I just, I honestly don't get it. I and mean, it's his decision, though. So, I mean, hey, make your own decision, man, and you got to live with it. But that's a factor that you got to consider that. And, like, I'm sorry, man. It sucks for him. Like, <laughs> He has to go. He has to go to Auburn, Alabama, which is like an armpit of one of the one of the armpits of the South. Like it's just terrible. There's nothing there. But hey, whatever, dude. Have fun. Be be War Eagle, Plainsman, Tiger. I mean, whatever. It is what it is. Uh, now the next thing here. Let's get off. But where do we go from here at linebacker? We've already got two commitments. We probably are going to try to take one more. Where do we go next? Who do you try to? I mean, obviously we're still going to recruit Owen Popo. That's not happening. And he flat out said, "Like I'm still taking visits. I'm probably still going to take. I'm going to take an unofficial visit, official visit to Georgia. Like he's not shutting it down. So he's still very, very much in play. Uh, but 
who are you also going to target outside of Popo? Um, I think you try to go after someone like a Nico, uh, Nicobe Nicobe Dean. Dean. Yeah. Out of Mississippi. And then, uh, I think, I mean, I don't think he really plays the position, but you also look at uh, the Egobe guy. Yeah. He, he, I mean, he could, like, he's more of an outside, I think he's more of an outside linebacker, but, he, you know, he could potentially play inside if you needed him to. What about a guy like Quaverius Crouch at North Carolina? Who's kind of like a running back, but well, the problem is, I think he's one of these guys that wants to be the running back. If he if he decides huh. that he played linebacker, I I mean I, I would go after him one hundred percent. Like he does both in high school, and like his future, dude. I mean, I know he probably wants to play running back, dude. His future is in linebacker. He needs to realize that. I mean, six three, two thirty eight. He's the number eleven player in the country. Um, he wants to be a running back, I think. But I, I, from what I understand, I don't know the guy personally. I don't have any inside information. But from what I'm reading and hear around is that he's at least open to listening to be. To talk about him playing linebackers, I think you know, obviously at that size, that's his future. The guy's a he's a beast. I mean, athletically, he's crazy. Um, another guy we look at is Brandon Smith out of Virginia. Uh, he's, a, he's a number twenty eight player in the two four seven composite. Really highly rated guy, six four two twenty three. So again, size wise, kind of fits more of what we want coming out of high school. Not the athlete that Owen Popo is, and, and neither is Nakobe Dean. Nakobe Dean I think put up a four seven five forty, but he looks like I, I mean I, I, that was what he timed as. But like watching him play. I mean, his football speed just—it just seems like he plays faster. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if that's a thing, but it just seems like he does. I mean, Nicobe Dean—he like flat out. I love. I mean, all those. I mean, I would say Nicobe Dean and Brandon Smith right now are both better inside line. They're, they're better technicians. They do more of what you have to do to play that position for us than what Owen Popo does right now. They're just not quite the athlete that Owen Popo is. But Nicobe Dean, like his ability to strike and explode into ball carries is crazy. Brandon Smith. I like Nicobe Dean. I think better than Brandon Smith. Uh, but Smith is no slouch himself. He does a lot of really good things. Linebacker position is instinctive, plays downhill, fast, explodes into ball carriers, can fight through traffic, all the things you got to do. Uh, he does well. So I think those guys keep your keep your eye on. Uh, but I don't know. Do you think uh, we're gonna? Like, are we completely out of him? Mean, he's still like he's obviously he said he's still open to to listen to other coaches and other programs. Do you really think that we have a legitimate shot to flip him? Um, I do because I think he was really torn by this decision. It wasn't one that you know um, Auburn really came in and made a push at the end. But I think it was similar to some of these other kids that we've recruited over the last couple of years, where we were the one consistent thing in in his whole time of being recruited. Is that Georgia was one of the most the schools that was consistently his finalist. Yeah. Um, so I, I I don't think we're out of it. Um, I think you know if I if. If anything, I have faith in Kirby to at least give us uh, a legitimate shot at, do, at um, getting him back on board. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I don't know. He might stick with Auburn. I guess, hey, I'd rather him be on our commit list than not be on our commit list. Like, I, I don't think we're out of this body stretch of the imagination. But still, at this point, even though it's still really early, it's the 1st of May, I'd still rather have him on our commit list than like, playing catch up from behind. But it's far from over. Think yeah, about, I think this, this time last year, Brandon Cox committed to Ohio State and was saying terrible things about Georgia. Thing. Like, that he would never, ever go to Georgia and just trashing Georgia. Absolutely. The dad Joseph is committed to Alabama. All right? I mean, Tyson Campbell wasn't even on our radar. I mean, this time last year, remember how much people were freaking out? I, I was one of them, okay? I, I own it. I was. Right? Yeah, I was. I I was freaking out. So that's why I'm not freaking out now. It's like, I kind of learned my lesson, right? I mean, and we still have a top five class at this moment. Yes. And there's still plenty of other big-time players out there for us to get. Like, I just think Kirby's smart. And I know you can say, well, he lost this one. Yeah, he did. He lost this battle for now. The war is not over. He lost this battle for now, for sure. But look, how realistic is it to, like, as good as Kirby Smart is, we kind of, like, surround him with, like, mythical terms. Like, we expect him to win every single recruiting battle because he kind of did last year. I get it. 
but that's just not realistic. You know, he's not, there's there's too many players in Georgia for us to win every single battle. We're gonna win the vast majority of them with Kirby Smart. But look, sometimes guys just want for whatever reason they want to they don't want to go to Georgia. It, it's just reality. Whether it's depth chart, whether it's you know relationships, the family. You know, they have people pulling them one way or the other. Other players can influence them. The coaches. Some guys want to stay at home. Some want to get away from home. Your girlfriend sometimes can can influence you. There's just so many factors involved with any player, and you just can't expect them to get every single guy. And I just remember last year, I was freaking out. Everyone was freaking out because our class looked like crap. We're coming off an eight and five season. It looked disastrous. We didn't know what was going to happen. But hey, you know what? Look how it turned out. The best recruiting class ever in Georgia history, and arguably one of the best recruiting classes of all time for any program. That's how it turned out. I just, I think the guys earned our faith, uh, and we'll revisit this once it, once the papers are signed. But like, this is not over. I know Auburn fans want to gloat. Go ahead, but it's not over. Other other kids to jump on, you know, jump off the radar, jump on the radar, and like yes. show out this year. And like, if we get okay, so. If we get a, a guy like uh, N'Kobe Dean, who's 24th nationally, or Quaverius Crouch, maybe he plays linebacker at number 11 nationally. Okay, and I know Opopo is like number 8 in the 247 composite, but there's not that much of a difference there. Like, just because Opopo is a, a homegrown guy who's like 45 minutes away from campus, does that mean like he's all of a sudden just a better prospect because he's closer to home than some of these other guys? Like, I don't know if I buy that. Now, he is more athletic probably, but I just, I don't know. Like, I, I, I have trust in Kirby. I have trust in Glenn Schumann. I have trust in our entire coaching staff. That that we're going to make a push here, and it's not over. You mentioned how he was torn, uh, and, and I don't have any really inside information on this, but from everything I've heard and read about this is he was really torn. Uh, but and he probably shouldn't have made a decision. You know, he probably should have put it off. But he was kind of locked into making a decision because he had all his teammates. They were all together going to make this this decision public. They had a big event planned. He kind of couldn't, kind of just couldn't really back out. He kind of felt pressured to not back out with all the planning that went into this. So we went ahead and made his commitment. But that's also why I think why he said, "Look, I'm not like closing it down, man. Like I I'm not shutting this down. I got plenty of coaches still after me. I'm gonna listen to all of them. I'm gonna take visits. It's like I'm committed to Auburn, but like I'm still listening." So I guess you can call it maybe a soft commitment, and there's plenty of time. I mean, how many guys did Kirby flip last last year? I mean, like he's he's the master at this. So we'll see. And he maybe he doesn't flip him, but again, if he doesn't, I, I'm still not gonna think it's the end of the world. I I would really love to have him, but I think we're fine at inside linebacker for our future this year. I'm somewhat concerned because the guys I think are gonna be the future are are gonna be freshmen, and that concerns me a little bit. But I think long term we're gonna be fine. I think we got some guys on campus, some guys coming in. That I think you're going to be pretty good. Um, and speaking of one of those guys, so yes, we did lose Owen Popo. Bad news. But it's not all bad news. As Tresman Marshall, another inside linebacker, this guy at Clinch County, jumped on board our 2019 commit list last Friday. Now, he's not quite as athletic as Popo, in my opinion. He's no slouch in that department. He's a very athletic guy in his own right. I mean, this guy, he plays running quarterback for his high school team, all right? And he does a really good job at that. He's very athletic, just not as fast as Popo. Uh, what kind of player are we getting in Tresman Marshall? Um, to me, if I had to compare him to someone, I'd say a more athletic version of uh, Natres Patrick. Okay, I, I, I'm with. You. I would say I think watching him play, I think he's a more athletic version of Monty Rice. But I think I, I'm with you. I, I can I see think the his body's a little closer to Natres. I can see um, that. But yeah, I mean, he's yeah. Either way, you can go with you can go either one. I just think his body's closer to Natres. But either way, he's more athletic version of both of them. Yes, I think that's true. I, I think I compare it to Monty Rice. I think his game is similar to Monty Rice. He's like a, a true like between the tackle stumper. I think that, but 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 he's just a more athletic. He's a superior athlete to Rice's. Uh, you're right. His body maybe is, looks a little bit more like Natrez, but like his game, the way he attacks downhill, I think is more like Monty Rice. Um, 
I'm high on this guy. Are, are you high on him? Do you think he's going to be a big-time player yeah, for I us? Think, I think it was a, you know, I actually think it was a huge pickup. You know, like everyone's, you know, more down after missing up a Pope, but they're not realizing we got a huge commit in Tresman Marshall. And apparently he's been a silent for uh, a while now. Um, do you think there's any credibility to the idea that maybe Kirby Smart had some inkling of what Popo was going to do, so he had Tresman go ahead and kind of uh, commit publicly on Friday, kind of neutralize the, the sting of losing Owen Popo? I don't, because usually the way he did it, he would do it after. After, right. Because he's done that in the past. He does like right after. Yeah, he does like right after. So I I heard some people mention that might be the case. I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I buy that. I think he was just ready to go public. Because he's been talking about going public for a while. He's just kind of like, hey, we'll just see when it happens. It didn't happen. Uh, But I'm high on him. I I really am. I know he's not as fast as a Pope, but few are. But he's still very athletic. And to me, I'll say this about him. Not as fast as Pope, not quite the athlete Pope is. But to me, he does demonstrate the ability at this stage to do a lot more of the things that we require our inside linebackers to do. He de- he demonstrates those things on a far more consistent basis. He plays with a violence, man, and a, an aggressiveness yeah, that you really like what? to see. I would rather have a, a tough kid like him than most Gwinnett County kids, if I'm being completely honest. I mean, you and I are both Gwinnett County, and I'd yeah. rather have someone that plays football like he does. Well, he, he, he makes no bones about it. I know this really matters. He, he calls himself a project baby. You know, you know on, his, on his huddle account, on his Twitter account, he's like, I'm a project baby. And so was, he's hungry is what I, what I take that as. Like, I'm hungry. I'm coming from, you know, I started down low, but I'm trying to make my way up. I'm fighting. I'm, I'm aggressive. I know how to, to scrap, that kind of thing, you know. And he plays like he plays with that aggressiveness, that scrappiness on the field. He, he's a violent uh, striker. I love to see that he plays a very physical brand of football. Plays really, really well between the tackles, um, and he excels between the tackles. I mean, he attacks downhill. He fights through the trash. He meets ball carries in the hole. That's what I love about him the most. He meets ball carries in the hole. He does not wait for them to come to him. He meets them in the hole and explodes into them and knocks them back. I love what I see out of him in terms of just like playing that position. Not the athlete of Popo, but in terms of playing the position, he's he's definitely superior at this point in that regard. I think he's further ahead there. But uh, so I, I'm happy. I mean, he's a top 100 player, 98th national, the 247 composite. Really, really good player. I've been high on him for a while. If you've been listening to me talk about him, we talked when we've done recruiting shows in the past. Very excited to have him. I think he'll he'll definitely battle for one of those inside linebacker spots in the future. There's no doubt. Although I. Really high on on Quay Walker and Channing Tindall as well, but that three headed monster there could be could be dangerous. Could be dangerous. Uh, we also added Jay Hayes. Uh, we mentioned this briefly last week. We didn't really dig much into it. Jay Hayes, a, tr- a graduate transfer from Notre Dame, defensive tackle. Uh, how how big of a, an addition is this? Is this a guy that's going to seriously play for us this year, or is he going to be more like a Demarcus Hayes, who we add as an offensive tackle, thinking he's going to be a major contributor for us, and he's just never going to see the field? think this guy is going to be a major contributor i think the one thing that we were most worried about was you know having any type of depth or you know rotation when it came to stopping the run because we had players that we uh, both feel like can come in especially on pass rushing situations where you can move people around but when it came down to you know facing a true run team that can that you know where your job is to hold the edge and things like that this is where he's going to be most important yeah i mean you and i've said this plenty of times like you and i both believe that we have plenty of five tech guys those five tech D- three four defensive ends. We have we have an abundance of those. You know, we got plenty of those guys. We're fine there. Uh, but it's the interior defensive tackles where we're kinda lacking right now, or the depth is not really where I'm comfortable with or what I'm comfortable with. So adding this guy I think is huge. And I do think he's gonna be a contributor early on. Do you see him playing inside like a three technique or do you see him playing on the outside in that five? Um, I think he would play both. It wouldn't shock me to see him on the five and open up some uh other 
you know, have a chance to maybe move Tyler Clark inside at times? Do you use his speed against uh, slower people and things? I think it's going to be package-driven. Like, if we're going with a heavy – let's say we're playing an even man front, right? We're going to go – it's early downs. We go a heavy even man front. Maybe a defensive end, you've got Ledbetter and you've got Jay Hayes, something like that. But I think where he could really, really help us out is at the three technique. I really do. I think, you know, I, he's from Notre Dame. We played them last year. Uh, I had that game yeah, still recorded. Against us when you go back and watch yeah, I, I was going to say, I went back once we once we had him. I went back and watched the Notre Dame game again because I had that still recorded. I also watched the, uh, the LSU Notre Dame game, uh, the bowl game last year. Watched that over the past week just to, the, to purposely single him out and just watch what this guy can do. Um, and I think he can definitely be a major contributor for us. Maybe major strong, but a but a, a good solid contributor for us. It took him a couple years. He didn't do much his first couple years in Notre Dame, but he did become a major contributor for them last year. I think he was one of the keys to their rush defense. Uh, watching that tape, uh, I he played a lot. Of, he did play some five tech uh, more than anything. He played five tech for them. He did, but then it was more out of necessity. He ate up some blocks out there and allowed their linebackers to kind of run free. Uh, which was, of course, what you want from some of those guys like that, those bigger bodies out there. He's not the kind of guy that, that's going to be a major pass rushing threat from the five techniques of defense. He's not going to do that. That's not his game. I do think if we use him as a three-tech, he has the ability to be a penetrating one-gap three-tech type player. Uh, and I think we're going to try to use him like that. I don't know if he's like a an, a three-tech that's going to eat up a bunch of blocks. You know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really like him as a two-gap kind of guy where you're reading and reacting and trying to eat up blocks. At least on the inside, uh, but I think he can be a really dangerous, penetrating one gap, three technique type guy for us. So, uh, hey man, we need depth that position. Kirby's saying it all spring. I've been screaming bloody murder about it. Uh, so, I, hey, I, it's a great addition on on in my in my mind, it's a great addition on that front. Uh, I think this is one that Kirby Smart. Yeah, he he hit a home run here. Got to bring this guy in, no doubt. And the last thing we're going to talk about here is not about the 2019 class, or well, not necessarily, kind of maybe. Uh, but Tramel Walthour, defensive tackle that we signed um, in the 2018 class, one of the lower-rated commits, but still a guy at a neat position, defensive tackle. Uh, news came out. There were a couple reports from all over AJC, Athens Banner Herald, whatever. Everyone was reporting this. Dog Nation, or what? I guess that is AJC. But they're all reporting this that he has been asked to take a gray shirt if they if things stay as they are right now. And if you guys aren't familiar with the term gray shirt. Uh, basically, what that means is you don't enroll for your first semester. You're not enrolled in the university. You enroll in January, and you count towards the next class. So you actually count towards the 2019 class and not the 2018 class. Usually, you see this when you have numbers crunches where you you can't get under the 85 no, number. Uh, I'm curious about your take on this, Curtis. My based on my calculations, we're like at 85 right now, uh, and I, I think there's a good chance we're going to have some more attrition. If we have some more attrition, if there's a few more guys that maybe transfer. Uh, or move on for whatever reason. Do you think he's still gray shirts, or do we go ahead and add him to the 2018 class? I think it all depends on numbers because maybe there's another graduate transfer we can get in at the last second. Um, you know, some of these kids are still maybe waiting until they graduate um, yeah. to fully decide if they want to leave or not. Um, I think it really comes down to one thing that we also got to think about is not just about numbers wise. Um, one of the biggest question marks of this kid when we go back to February when we were recruiting him was we didn't even know if he was going to make the grades to get in. And, and here's another thing. We've been talking, you know, since February and probably into January with him communicating that there was a possibility of gray shirt. You know, some people that may be upset about this. Yeah. It's not like something we just pulled out of nowhere and said, hey, we're gray shirt. That was my next question. There are people and they hear the word gray shirt and like what? He can't enroll. You're 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 doing that. It's almost like you're pulling a scholarship. You're delaying a scholarship because you are delaying his enrollment. And people are like that. That's a crappy thing to do to a player. And 
I, I, I kind of tend to agree with that if you're not upfront with him about it. But from all accounts, even like I think he said it, we have been open with him about this. We talked to him and said, hey, there's a there's a possibility if we can't get down there, you're going to take a gray shirt. So I want to be upfront with you. So if you want to go somewhere else, you go somewhere else. But we still want you, but we might have to wait until January for you to get here. Yeah, we never we never misled you know we never lied and said there was no possibility. Yeah, there's a difference between like gray shirting someone when you're upfront about it and then just like springing on them like randomly. That I would have a problem with, but I don't think that's how that went down. From what I understand, that's not at all how that went down. Tremel understands that he's good with it. He's he, he wanted to be a bulldog. If he had to wait a year, he had to wait a year. Because um, honestly, like, do you think this guy was going to be someone that contributed for us as a f- true freshman? No, no, no. That's what I was, but another thing I was about to say, like, that's why the addition of Jay Hayes is. So right. important because we're not going to rely on someone like him or even uh, Jordan Davis may have taken some snaps away from what he would do because we're not going to rely on them to have to play an experience. Yeah, I agree. I just think, I think he was like if anyone, honestly, I think he was like the the prime redshirt candidate of the 2018 class. Like, he he just I don't think his body was quite ready. He's coming out of high school he's like 275, 280. He needs to put on some weight. He needs to put on some some muscle, some mass, and he needs to to polish up his game, his technique and. A redshirt year would absolutely serve him well. Now the, the crappy thing is, is like you know, if you get red, if you get gray shirt, you can't, you're not, you're not enrolled, so you can't practice with the team, you can't work out with the team because you're not technically enrolled in the university, you're not part of the team yet. Um, so that that could potentially stunt his development a little bit, but at least he'll be here for next spring. Uh, and look, he might not have to gray shirt. If we do have that attrition, do you expect him to be able to enroll in in August? If his grades are there, yes. Yeah, I think if his grades, are there, and I don't, and like we've heard some talk about his grades. I don't know. I don't know what this guy's grades are. Uh, but there, there has been some some concern that maybe he doesn't qualify. But look, I I'm I'm not going to say that until we know for sure. But so let's let's assume right now he's going to qualify. And if we get the numbers down, we have a little bit one more guy that's that leaves the program for whatever reason. I think he'll have a spot in August, and it'll be a moot point. So it won't really matter at all. But I'm not. There's another thing. I'm just not all that arms about. Honestly, like I'm just. I'm not freaking out about recruiting anymore. At this at this this early stage in the game, I've seen what Kirby Smart can do. I've seen what this guy can do as a closer. Like I'm just not freaking out about. It. Like I, again, love to have Popo, love to have Walt Farrell starting as a um, in here in August. Kind of just get with the system and and, and kind of well, improve see, his game. But I'm not worried about it. Um, if you look at the ratings right now, the, 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 you know we're usually I think we're in the four to five range right, right now in yeah. team ratings. Everyone above us has four to five more commits than us. I mean, we have we have Nolan Smith, who I think might be the best commit, or might be the best player in this class. I think he's crazy good. Uh, you got uh, Jane Hazelwood, who's a freak out. He's a freak receiver, dude. I mean, he's insane. He's just the way he can go up and get the ball. He's crazy. And you got Dominic Blaylock. I mean, we've got some some elite guys already in the bag, and way more out there that are that we're just that we're that we're still in the and process. So one thing with. I think people are also freaking out about is the realization that right now our staff is still going through judging a lot of these players. Yeah, well, they haven't even gone through spring practice. evaluations for half these guys. Yeah, I mean, most of these kids haven't even had spring practice start yet. I think most a lot of high schools in Gwinnett County start, start this week or next week. Yeah, start yeah this week or next week. So I mean, they're still they're going to go out and try, watch the spring practice and evaluate these kids. And they're I mean, that's why you look at running back. We're really probably going to take one kid. Maybe Trey Sanders. Yeah, well, that's who we'd love to have. But Trey I mean, Sanders. Then you have to narrow down 100% on any kid at any position. I mean, just like when you want people may talk about a proposed teammate, uh, Morris, that went to Tennessee. I mean, we have there's so many kids on this board right now that we're not narrowed down. And, and at the same time, who we are and the coaches we have, I think we can get back into it in any situation if we need to. Yeah, I just, again, I, I, this staff has just earned my trust, especially how they, what they did last year. I. They've earned my trust. I'm not freaking out. If it if now it's December and things don't look good, I'll start freaking out. But it's May. This time last year, we all thought it was a disaster. 
and I've learned my lesson, okay? I, I was an idiot last year. I, I own that, but I've learned my lesson. I, I trust in King Kirby the first. I do. I, I, I just do. So maybe I'm a fool for that, but until he gives me a reason to not trust him, it's not like a one-year thing. This guy's been doing it his entire career, you know? We just saw it kind of explode as a head coach last year. Uh, with the 2018 cycle, uh, so I just like I'm. I'm not freaking out, man. I'm not. I'm. I'm at peace with how this is going to go. I, I feel good about our chance to get Popo back. I mean, we'll see. And if we don't get him, we don't get him. I'd love to have him, but it's what it is. We're fine. We're going to be fine. I trust Kirby to get somebody that's that's a that's going to be a major player for us. You know, if we don't get Popo, it'll be somebody else really good. So that's that's me. Maybe some of you are are freaking out, and if you are, you're you're welcome to that. I just I would caution you. Hey, calm down, man. Chill, chill. There's plenty of time left in this. All right, Kirk, got anything else on the recruiting front, man? No. All right, guys, well, that does it for us today here on the Glory UJ Podcast. We really do appreciate you listening to us. We'd love to get your thoughts on all the, the recruiting uh, conversation we had today, all the things we had to talk about, Owen Popo, Jay Hayes, Trezor Marshall, Jamal Walthour, Gray Shirt, potentially, all that stuff, and whatever else you want to talk about. We'd love to hear from you. That's at Glory underscore UGA. Uh, make sure you uh, listen back next week. We'll definitely have some more football talk for you guys. Uh we might even do some baseball talk. I know it's it's we're getting close to that time. We're, we might potentially don't don't quote us on that yet. We'll definitely have some football talk for you. But for Curtis, I'm Tyler. As always, thanks for listening and go dogs.